Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation, the podcast to support your spiritual revolution. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I'm so excited to have Calvin Corelli joining. Calvin is a serial entrepreneur, a spiritual teacher, speaker, author, investor, and the founder and CEO of Simplero. He's gone from being bankrupt to having four businesses making millions of dollars and a team of 35 people. His mission is to create the greatest force for personal and spiritual growth the world has ever seen so that collectively we can create the world we want to live in. And by helping people transform transform lives at scale, Calvin is empowering humanity to solve our biggest challenges. And I wanted Calvin to be on the show because I am a huge, huge fan of the software he created called Simplero and of Calvin as well. Um, I use Simplero to run my online course and my membership, my email broadcasts, my caragoodwin.com website. And although you could say Simplero is a tech company with Calvin at the helm, it's going way beyond just tech. He actively guides and encourages business owners and is super generous with his knowledge and expertise. I remember when I first started using Simplero about a year ago, um, I would get these email blasts from Calvin that he would call love letters. And I don't know if you still do these love letters or not, or if that was that time or if it's you know for newer users, but they were really awesome at just... Um, working with my mindset and helping me to continue to tune into that vision of how I want to show up for the world, which was offsetting the minutiae, you know, getting drowned in the minutiae of setting on, up an online business. So it was really um, powerful. And then he's, he has uh, these, these ongoing weekly programs to help business uh, owners, and we'll get into all of that. But it's been super helpful and valuable. And he's, it's it, Simplero and Calvin have been a big part of my journey uh, with my online business. So I'm really excited to be able to talk to Calvin. We get into some great things in this podcast around mindset and success and a lot of the things that we do to block ourselves that we don't realize that we're doing. So this is a really powerful and profound conversation. So please go in the show notes where you can get a link to all of the sponsors and partners of the meditation conversation, as well as discount codes for all of those companies. And you can head on over to karagoodwin.com and check out the meditation immersion online course. I have a retreat coming up with Michael Massey that you don't want to miss if spiritual development is something that you're interested in, definitely take the opportunity to join us on that retreat. There is so much on that website. Go check it out. Lots of resources, and I would love to connect with you. So now please enjoy this episode. So thank you so much, Calvin. What an honor to have you here and welcome. Thank you so much, Kara. This is amazing. I really, I really love that that uh, intro. Um, so honored to be here. Um, so honored to know you. It's amazing. It's one of the the beautiful benefits of of this job that I have is that I actually get to meet with people like yourself and get to know you a little bit. And it's it's been such a pleasure. 
Well, it's wonderful. You're providing such a service for people just like me. So um, why don't we why don't we start with telling a little bit about your transformation? I, I mentioned a little bit about it when we started, um, but you know, you went from bankruptcy to making millions. You also um, used to smoke a pack a day, drank a lot, didn't eat very well, and now you have six pack abs. Um, can you give us a little a little insight into what was behind your transformation? Yes. Well, so it's funny, like to summarize it all, I would say it's, it's, it was the feeling that, that I was pretty fucked up in many ways and I didn't want to be that anymore. There's mm-hmm. always that call to this can be better. I think, I think I'm born with it, with that like divine dissatisfaction. In, fa- in fact, if you go into things like human design and th- things of that nature, I have that, I think it's the 17th gate, which is like, you know, always the ability to find what's wrong in every situation, which can be really, but I, I'm pretty sure my dad has that as well. Um, it can be kind of, kind of devastating, right? When you apply that to yourself or you apply that to your intimate relationships, but it can be really powerful when you apply it to, you know, sort of at a higher level just to see, Hey, like this could be better. There's so much room for, for imp- improving things here. And it's, it's funny cause I'm, I know a lot of people who are, are also in, you know, difficult, painful, challenging circumstances and who don't seem to have that drive to do anything about it. And so I think that's probably one of the things I was just like, all right, let's like figure this out. There's gotta be a way. Like I'm not, I'm not going to put up with this the way it is. Yeah, that's, that's so, it's so important. And it's funny to step back and be like, yeah, there are people who just don't have that. Like they don't have the desire, the drive. Uh, And when it's just part of your makeup, that is, it's interesting to step back and think about that. And by the way, you mentioned human design. I had one of those palm readings, the life prints that you talked about Mm -hmm. with Richard. Oh yeah. Sweet. Um, yeah, and did that, that, and I'm having him on the podcast um, in a few weeks. But um, and that is kind of I remember you talking about how you had these these handprint this handprint analysis um, mm-hmm. and how much it it showed how much of a mirror it was for you. Did that type of thing show up in that as well? I don't think this particular trait was there, but but okay. Um, yeah, but it's definitely there in both the hum- human design and gene keys, which is sort of the same, the same model. Yeah, okay. and it's funny because I'm from Denmark, and one of the the modalities that I've found that has worked tremendously is this Danish system called Body SDS, Body Self Development System. And I will travel to Copenhagen. I think I was there like four times, four trips last year. I live in New York City, so flying over there, staying at a hotel or an Airbnb so that I can get this body SDS treatment and go to their workouts and stuff. And I have family in Denmark who are complaining about like, oh, I'm in pain here, I'm in pain there, or like some other thing. And I'm like, you, it's right there. You have it right there. You don't even know you need to fly anywhere for it, right? But they're there's always these excuses for why not and like, oh no, and it's expensive or it's like, yeah, so, right? Like, do you want this yeah. solved or not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. 
Well, you mentioned, you know, we're talking about mindset and you're very tuned into mindset and you are a master at helping others get through their mindset blocks. So I mentioned that you have a, a weekly, um, this unfiltered program where you're working with people in your community um, and it's very focused on helping people to resolve business issues. And so often it comes from the mindset, you know, people mm -hmm. come with these problems that seem like they're, you know, really maybe systematic or they're um, not so much technical, but they, you know, how do I get people attracted to my program and things like that? But it's so often it's, it's the mindset. Um, can you share with us some of the most powerful ways that you have been able to get into a successful mindset? Oh yeah. Um, there's been, there's been a lot over the years. Um, I think, um, I'll tell you like some of the things that I've, I've noticed in myself that have blocked me from, from being in a positive mindset about our, 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 our helpful, effective mindset around things. Um, one of my favorite ways to block myself is to go into my unworthiness issue, right? Feeling like, I'm unworthy. I'm not, I'm not good enough, that kind of stuff. And so that will block me from, from showing up and it, it can kind of pull me into this whole victim trap downward, downward spiral. So learning to notice that for a long time, I would literally feel like, like my parents didn't love me and they didn't like support me. Right. And like, they didn't see me, understand me, all these things, which may or not be true, but, but, but it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because what matters is what I choose to do. And do I see myself? Do I understand myself? Do I love myself? And so for many years, I would not do that because I wanted to stay in that, that you know, state of being pissed at my parents for not doing enough. And so in order to prove them wrong, I had to be really un unhappy and unsuccessful, which is obviously not a good recipe for, <laughs> for doing well in life. Yeah. Right, right. Sorry, were you about to no, say something? Well, I, was, I, I both. Yeah, I wanted to give you a chance to. to I can talk forever, so I want to make well, sure I give you chances to break in. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. I I am thinking about just the identification of because it it feels like you've done so much self work or so much work on yourself that it can be easy now to go from like, okay, where where is this coming from? Oh, it's my worthiness, you know, but for people who maybe aren't there yet, where it's not so easy to identify, how does that kind of show up before, maybe before you can link it to that? Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. I think for me, it's, it was, it started with the thought patterns and I have this, this pattern that would be like, I'm the worst loser on the planet. I'm a complete failure. Like I have nothing, you know, going for me. I'm just you know, a loser. And, uh, whenever those thoughts entered my mind, they would, they would come uh, like from somewhere and then like it would start. And then I would just be at the mercy of it because it would just spiral down and down and down. And I kept believing that if this thought is in there, it must mean that there's some truth to it. And so I kind of need to like, follow it and believe in it or something like I need, I need to like get to the bottom of this or something. And so it, it would really spiral me down. Uh, and what, one of the things that changed was realizing that this thought, I don't, 
it may come from wherever. Maybe it was something my parents said or I overheard them say or I read somewhere or a teacher said or whatever. doesn't matter. But the fact that it's in my head doesn't mean that it's true at all. So like before that, I would always be scared that like I might inadvertently do something that would trigger this thought. And then I'd be like, fuck, what am I going to do now? <laughs> like, right? yeah. There like, goes my day my or week. Or... What's that? Yeah. Well, there goes my day or my week or, you know, depending exactly. on how far it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be this like constant tension of being scared of what might happen in my head, what thoughts might pop in there. Right. And the more I was scared of the thoughts that popping in there, the more I'm just going to pop in there. You know, yeah. as they say, don't think of an elephant. Right. Um, right. So I think just recognizing that, that just cause I'm thinking something in my head doesn't mean that it has any truth value whatsoever and starting to question those thoughts and realizing that I can totally choose what I want to believe in or not. I can look at something instead of asking, is it true? Is it really true? Like I can ask, is it helpful? Right? Like, is it, can I, can I really know it's true? Is there something else that is probably as true or truer? And realizing just how much we create narratives around stuff, right? I am a loser or I'm a failure or something like that. It's just, it's just a, a way to tell a very short story about like a lot of data points, right? And I so love you, that. Yes. Yeah. So you could tell other stories that might be as true or truer, but actually put you in a good position to do better. So that's the other piece is, is forget whether or not it's true. What, who do I want to be in this moment and what action do I want to take from here? And is this thought pattern helping me take better actions in the future? Cause that's really all that matters right? is that moment of, of decision, that moment of action. What do I, what am I going to do about it? Like, what am I going to do to improve my situation? Right. There's something about how you talked about the data points mm -hmm. that really landed powerfully because, you know, we're in this, there's a lot of talk currently about multidimensionality, you know, and that mm -hmm. we are multidimensional beings. And so if we have all these layers to ourselves, you know, multidimensional just meaning that there are different layers and we're tuning into different layers. And then we have a lot of layers to us that at any given moment are hidden or are not, you know, not the ones that are being paid attention to at that, you know, at any given moment. So it's really kind of like turning off the attention of the layers or the data points, like you say of us that are not going to take us forward and shining mm -hmm. that light onto all the data points that we have that do tell us that we are, you know, unique and powerful and smart and, you know, the things that we need to be tapping into to be able to progress, you yeah. know? Yeah. So thank you for that. No, and it's crazy because we do that all the time, right? If you look at, you know, how we whenever we meet someone and we tell the story of ourselves, that's us condensing all these, you know, billions of data points down to a very short narrative or how we tell a friend about some other person or some product or service or, or, you know, 
the whole media narrative landscape, right? As again, where like at one point I went through, I got like super deep into what's going on in, in, in mainstream media. And I'd read these articles and there would be a headline and there'd be the whole spin. And then you get like down in paragraph 10 was like maybe one tiny factoid. That was the only actual fact in this story. Everything else was just spin was just narrative. And I'm like, Holy crap. And it's like, this is what we do naturally all the time, but this is also what we get bombarded with from, from all sides is people condensing very complex situations and tons of data points down to a very short narrative. It's dangerous yeah, like and, tiny, and useful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You would get these little sign, sound bites and there's mm-hmm. no context and yeah, yeah, that's really powerful. Thank you. How much... It's interesting because you talk about that you're from Denmark and um, I've and, and you've lived in New York for how long now? Over 10 years. Okay. And, um, you know, I grew up in America. I lived in England for four years in my 20s and then Italy for four years in my 30s. And it's really interesting. And then with through like programs that I'm a part of with Simplero, there's there are a lot of Scandinavian um, people mm-hmm. that I uh, know through that. I'm curious about your experience with culture and how that fits into our mindset because it is our, our culture. I'm I'm fascinated by culture, having mm-hmm. that those experiences of being like submerged in a different culture. And it really made me things that I had completely taken for granted as just the way things are, then I'm in a different environment and people see it totally differently because they're not as focused on like, let's say independence, for example, you know, Americans tend to be pretty, you know, independence is like, we want to raise our kids to be independent. We value our independence. And, and then you know, particularly when I went to Italy, I remember having some conversations with parents where like that wasn't a priority at all. So we, it was just really interesting because you think about like a conversation, like, um, what do they call it? Like sleep training, you know, when your kids are little, when they're babies and it's like having a conversation about sleep training, it was like two airplanes, like going in completely different directions because, if you're an American and you're like, well, I want my kids to be independent. I want them to know that they can, um, they can soothe themselves if they need to, and that they have resources within them. They don't always need outside help. And then, you know, at least with the the moms that I was talking to in Italy, but it was like, no, you know, they, they need to know that they're supported like all the time. And there was no, like, we just were so far in different mindsets that it was like, Oh, okay. Like I could understand and respect what they were saying, but it was just a totally different platform than a conversation I could have with an American. Um, and as it, with you, like working with different people, you know, there's still a large Scandinavian population, for example, um, who uses Simplero do you find that there is like a difference in mindset or where people come from um, to do with culture? Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's something, it's funny because we've talked about it on the team as well. We talked about it the other day, some, some of my teammates about code swishing, 
like when you're in different contexts, you switch code. So, so, um, definitely for me, when I moved to the States, I moved here the first time in 1999. Mm. And, you know, as I got, I was always oriented towards America, but now I was living here and kind of started to dream and think in English. And I noticed how I could choose which language I would think something through in, and it would, it would bring forth different aspects of me. Right? Oh my so gosh. Could, oh yeah. So I can actively amazing. choose how I want to lean. Yeah. Based my on the language. I, based on language. Totally. Right. Because everything, like we only understand the world through language. And so like, given that I had been, I was different people, you know, at different age ages and studying different things in English versus in Danish. And I got, I got hooked on English very early on through computers. So I kind of learned myself English through that and figured out how to read computer books that I got my dad to buy with him home from America because you couldn't get these things in Denmark back then pre-internet. Oh, wow. Right. Hmm. And, and so like different kind of media diet in, in English versus Danish. And I have someone on my team who's a lesbian and she was like, I speak differently in my lesbian circles than I do in, you know, in other communities. And someone on my team who's black, he's like, yeah, with my, with my black friends, I have a different, you know, lingo than, you know, at work. And it's like, it's something that we all do naturally. It's very inherent in us that we kind of do this code switching thing. Um, but I do see for sure, like a cultural difference. It was one of the reasons that I don't live in Denmark anymore is for the moment I got here in 99 as an adult, I was like, this is home for me. This just feels more, much more natural for me than, than Denmark ever did. Like my wife is also from Denmark and we speak English with each other 90% of the time. Really? Every so often we'll switch into Danish for something. And sometimes it'll be like mix and match within the sentence because there's just a better expression in Danish. Mm. And so we'll use that. But but most of the time we speak English together just as a choice because um, it just feels more natural for us at this point. Hmm. That's It's so fascinating. I mean, it's so much because you mentioned the media before and and the, you know that's part of our programming as as like beings. The media is part of how we are programmed. And again, I just feel like culture is one of those things that can be so easy to not even realize it's part of mm-hmm. our deep, deep programming. Mm-hmm. Um, are there specific things like for um, if we just really condense it down to like Americans and Europeans and not one versus the other, but is there something that you see that like Americans in particular, maybe, you know, struggle more with a particular, with, with really a a similar issue in mindset and then likewise more on the European side? Yeah. Some of the things that I, I notice is, um, Americans tend to not be very sensitive. Um, just like little things like noise, like just like an American dishwasher makes a hell of a lot of noise. (laughs) A European dishwasher is almost, is so quiet. You can't, you don't know it's on unless there's a light. Like you literally can't tell, like it's, it's so quiet. Right. And I think that speaks to a sensibility of like, Europeans pay attention to these things a little bit more. If you look at, at obesity and general diets in, in, in Europe, they tend to cook their own feet, food and come together over meals. And it's, you know, it's, they cook it from scratch using fresh 
vegetables and, you know, and produce in American, there's a lot more like processed food to the extent that people think that taking a frozen pizza out of the oven and throwing in the micro oven is actually, is actual food. Like they're actually getting, yeah. getting nourishment from that thing. Right. There's right. a, there's amazing, there's a, a British chef you, I'm sure you're familiar Jamie Oliver. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He did a show in the U S I forgot. It was like Jamie Oliver's food revolution or something where he took, um, a, a class room of like fifth graders or something and showed them, you know, tomatoes and, uh, you know, like apples and bananas, whatever, and, and try to have these kids figure out what these things were. And they had no freaking clue. Right? Yes. That's unthinkable to a European. It's just so weird. Yeah. Except the British because we, Jamie <laughs> Oliver was huge in England when I was living there. And, um, and they had the same sort of thing. There was a really popular show that where they were revolutionizing school dinners, uh-huh. and uh, they there's a lot of processed food in um, in the UK too. And got it. it was, yeah, I was but, surprised. I was really shocked. A few years ago, I was in Denmark, and then um, there's a chain of convenience stores um, that is a franchise off of the U.S. 7-Eleven brand. So there's 7-Elevens all over in Denmark, but these are actually like decent quality stores. They're not like top of the line, but they're actually good quality. But whereas in the US, they tend to be in like the shadiest stores ever, right? Yes, right. In Denmark, they're actually kind of kind of nice. And then all of a sudden, all of them had these like really fresh protein forward kind of like, you know, to-go meals that they had. And it's like, that's the beauty, like, I don't know about, but Denmark is such a small country. It's like 5 million, 6 million people. So when Denmark decides, and it's so homogenous, when when they decide, all right, quality food is it, like it just spreads like wildfire throughout the country. And now every little like train station has these like fresh produce, like protein forward, like, you know, Absolutely. healthy grain kind of lunches. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it Denmark where they have that term that's, it starts with an H I think. And it's like, yes. Oh, what is it? What's it, what hygge. is that word? Hygge. It's coziness, right? Yeah. 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 So that's another good example of like, that's that like sensitivity of, of like, you know, it, it, I kind of feel like Americans have this tendency to be like, there are only three dimensions in the world and we're going to freaking dominate those three dimensions. Right. It's like, <laughs> well, what about all these other ones? Like, you know, intuition, like energy, like feel, you know, like those are real too. And they're like, no, we're just going to send our tanks in there and pretend like that doesn't exist. I mean, you look at like the people who are elected to Congress, like just look at their posture. Just look at them from like just a posture perspective. Most of them are like, dude, what's wrong with you? (laughs) You need help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if we think again about common traits and not necessarily now it could be across the board, but I know that you have you have a lot of connections. You're in a lot of mastermind groups. You've got mentors. You have people that you mentor. Um, you've got quite a, a big network of people who are at different levels. 
have you identified any common traits in terms of those who have kind of made it as entrepreneurs versus those that that are not reaching their potential? Is there anything that kind of stands out for you? Definitely, definitely. A, bi- a big part is just showing up and doing the work. Uh, if you do that, and if you then couple that with the willingness to look inside of yourself, your mind, your your body, your soul, and and um, allow the feedback to go all the way into like who do I need to be uh, differently from who I'm being today to resolve this? Like, then you're going to make it happen. There's just no question. It's just a matter of like time and circumstance and details of things of that nature. Um, but if you don't then it's just going to be a struggle always, right? Like the, our, our conscious mind is like, if you have like a whole like football field, right? Our, and you, you take a, a laser pointer and you shine like one laser dot in the middle of this massive football field, that laser dot is your conscious mind. And the entire football field is your unconscious mind. That's how powerful it is. So the unconscious mind is what's really driving everything that you're doing moment to moment. And what you can do is you can use your conscious mind to intentionally make changes to your unconscious programming. If you don't do that, you're just going to run on that programming. If it's good programming, it might get you really far, but at some point you're going to hit into a brick wall somewhere. Um, Mm. But if you do do that reprogramming intentionally, then like the world's your oyster. You can do whatever you want at that point. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's there's so much. I mean, this is one of the things that I often hear you talking about and I I apply this to in my own life, but where it's so much about doing the inner work and it's and so often we want to blame the outside for whatever it is that we're up against, whether it is in business or it's in our personal life or whatever it is, but it's really easy for us to see these blocks and think that they're outside of us. And it's, you know, through that coming back in and, and aligning ourselves with who we want to be. Exactly. How am I creating this? Right. How am I creating this? Other people in, in similar circumstances or even worse circumstances, that are similar age or younger or older have all figured out how to accomplish this. So if they can, it means it's possible. What do I need to, to change about me? And in that context, I think it's important to also say, you're not them, right? I'm not those people. I need to always take cater people or, or take tailor those insights to who I am and what I'm trying to do. Right. So we don't want to like that was one of the mistakes that I made early on. I think it's very common. I don't think it's something to be ashamed of is, is like copying other people, right? Wanting to be like other people, longing for, like, I felt so wrong. I was like, oh, that person <laughs> has had success. I remember years and years ago, I was with my ex-wife and we were in, in Amsterdam and we went into this like tiny little shoe store and I was just like, oh my God, so cool. It's beautifully designed. Like, I wish I was the owner of this store. Like, I don't know jack shit about this person, right? <laughs> he might have a miserable life and the, the shop might not make any money and like, it might just be a terrible existence just owning a store and you have to show up every day and you're you know, total addressable market is whoever happens to walk by. And like, I was doing online stuff. Like he might be super envious of me, but 
But I was so busy feeling so unworthy and, in, and insecure and wrong that I just like want to be every other person that I thought was successful. So really, really taking the time to get to know yourself and honoring that versus comparing and wanting to be like others, but then absolutely borrow all the strategies that you can that work for them and use them as, as inspiration to break through those those um, barriers in your own mind. Thank you for that. It reminds me of something that you said to me actually really early on um, in in when you started doing Unfiltered. And I was saying something about like there there was there has been a disconnect between like what I really, really am passionate about in terms of consciousness, because all my work is around consciousness and um, you know, using meditation to get deeper in touch with our, more in touch with our consciousness. And, um, but a coach that I had, um, last year was kind of like very into the meditation space. And he was kind of like, just be careful about what, you know, how you present yourself, because if you want like certain types of work or you want to, you know, certain types of events that you may want to do, if you've become like, if, if people can't relate to you, if like, um, people who just want to relax and just want to like not feel anxiety and so forth, if you're then talking about like angels or galactic beings or, you know, whatever, then, you know, you're, you're stepping out aside of their comfort zone. So I, kind of took that to heart. And it's been this like, okay, have the watered down version of Kara who's presenting for, you know, my, my caragoodwin.com or whatever, you know, on Instagram or whatever it is. And you were like, no, don't water yourself down, like lean into who you are and really own who you are. And that's like, because you want to have joy as part of your work and not feel like you have to pretend to be somebody else. So that was really, I mean, I'm not like fully there. I'm still kind of careful, but I more and more and more, I'm like, you know, owning it. Well, the, <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And the, 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 what I would add is like, who do you most want to attract, right? What if there's someone else out there, another Kara who just goes for it and that Kara like attracts all the most excited, the clients who are most excited about that exact thing. And you're sitting over there with your watered down version and you only get people who want the milk toast version of you, right? It's like, what's more fun, right? Like, who do you want to work with? You want to work with people who are attracted to who you really are? That sounds a lot more fun to me. Yeah. And if, if so in the process of you watering down so that you can appeal to a broader segment, you also actually repel the people that you would most want to work with, that's a bit of a bummer. See, this is what I'm talking about. Like how, okay, just those few words, it totally like snaps something <laughs> into like, <laughs> yes, like into focus. So this is what I love. I love it. Yeah. With this, with Unfiltered that I keep bringing up, is it is it open to the public? I, I it don't is totally. Anybody, anybody free to join. Yeah. Unfiltered.show is, the, is okay. the URL. So every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Absolutely. Okay. 
So I'll put I'll be sure to put that in the show notes because I I highly mm-hmm. recommend especially if you are you know a, a business owner and you want help with with mindset and and you may not even know that you want help with mindset. This is the funny thing because like we've been talking about it's such a part of who we are that we it's hard to identify that our our blocks are actually coming from within us but Calvin is so talented at 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 least with me, he can just like it's almost like you're taking my head and you're like just adjusting it a tiny bit so that I just look a little bit like just a, a little degree to the right or something, you know. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, now I can see it in a totally different way. So you have such a gift for that. Thank so. you so much. I love doing it. I love like this is that's my favorite thing in the world to do. Well, that's one of the things that came up when I mentioned about the handprints and you'd had this handprint analysis done, which made me then want to go and have one. And I loved it. But um, you you were sharing that you that what came through for that, it, like I, if I remember correctly, it was all the engineering stuff and all the stuff that kind of comes with your professional background was there. But also you've got the spiritual teacher part too. Yep. Exactly. Well. Yeah. And what Richard said to me specifically was at, like, as good as you think you are at the software stuff, you're a hundred times better at the spiritual teacher, the shaman work as he calls it. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And that is, this is really why I am so passionate about Simplero because it really you know, you've built this amazing software that we haven't really even talked about, but it does, it's kind of this all in one umbrella where you can, instead of having like seven different, uh, seven different applications or seven different programs that you would use to manage your business, it's all in one. And that's so valuable but there's also this nurturing and this this um, like it's clear that Simplero not only wants you to be able to have the the tools that you need to run your business in terms of software, but it's there's this focus on okay in order to effectively use these tools you have to know like you have to stay attuned and aligned with your mission and why your work needs to be out there. Yeah, that's awesome. So how can people find out more about you and Simplero? I'm all over the social media and internets and stuff, right? Uh, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, less Facebook, honestly, Um, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube shorts, all of the things. And then um, there's my personal website, calvincorelli.com. And then there's, of course, Simplero at simplero.com. And if you ask me, how do I spell Simplero? It is simplero.com. Awesome. And then you've got your unfiltered show that's Thursdays at 1. Yes, 1 p.m. Eastern. 1 Eastern. Unfiltered.show and you will find all the details there. Awesome. And I'll have all of these links in the show notes so that people can easily get access to you. So, 
Well, thank you so much, Calvin. This has been amazing. And, and, you know, thank you for being here and just thank you for the work that you're doing and the mindful way that you're approaching your work, um, the holistic way that you're helping business owners with, uh, to, to get the mindset that they need, the confidence that they need. And then of course, the very practical tools that, that you've developed. It's amazing. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love for you to do me one quick favor, which is to think of one person who would benefit from hearing this content. Let them know you're thinking of them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation.